right, we're kicking off a brand new series today. I love new months and I love new series because it's an opportunity for us to dive into new topics. Pastor Bubba's been preaching for the last, I didn't really preach at all in April and, um, and I was in South Africa for 12, 12 days and, and then I came back and Pastor Bubba wrapped up our series last week, which was just a phenomenal series and uh, the response that many of you had with that was just great. If you didn't get to watch that one, go back and watch This Is What We Do. But we're kicking off a brand new three-part series called Frequency and uh, looking at how do we hear God's voice. If there's any question that I get from people all the time is, how do I know if this is God? How do I know this, this isn't me? How do I know if this is really what God wants me to do? How many of you are in a place right now where you've got to make some decisions and you really need to know, is this God that I got to do? And so we're going to try to help you. That's our prayer for you in this series is to help you really tune in. That's why we kind of called it frequency, the ability to tune in to hearing God. And so uh, you should have gotten some notes when you walked in today. Wave them at me if you got, if you got a note when you walked in. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, you got to fill those out in order for you to get into heaven. Just I'll let you know. Um, Jesus will be checking those. And so I'm kidding. But uh, we are a note-taking church. I feel like for me personally, I just, I listen better when I'm taking notes. And so we want you to take some notes. You don't have to, but if you get the, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, the, those notes are also, also on that as well. Um, but let's jump in. We're going to look at our kind of our theme verse today, John chapter 10. This is kind of, kind of be our running verse to, that's going to guide us in these next three weeks. So John, uh, I mean, sorry, Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 25 says this. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep. I love this. Watch. By what? Remember I said earlier that, that God doesn't call us by our sin. He calls us by our name. And the shepherd, he's calling his sheep by his name, and he leads them out. And when, he's, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they what? Come on, everybody help me out, 930. Because they, because they know his voice. They have this ability to know his voice. Look, look what the next verse says, and it says, But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. All right, so let's pray. Father, we love you. We come to you one more time. And God, we just, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit and that you do speak. And our prayer this morning is that we would hear. Give us the ability to hear what you have to say today, God. Change us from the inside out, God. And Lord, today we pray for the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets to win their games. In Jesus' name. Everybody said Got to pray for my teams, all right? Just got to pray for my teams. How many of you are a little bit more seasoned, maybe? Maybe our younger crowd might not remember this, but those who are, they're not older, you're just seasoned. Those are a little more seasoned. My wife is reminding me now that I have seasoned hair. I said, that's from pastoring this church. And so uh, <laughs> I'm graying here. I'm graying in some areas. How many remember the, se- those that are a little more seasoned here, how many remember the days of watching television before cable and satellite and all that stuff and you had rabbit ears? How many rabbit ear people in here? How many had a rabbit ear? Uh, yeah, okay, rabbit ears in here. How many of you were the designated rabbit ear turner person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dad was so lazy. He'd send you. That's why he had kids, by the way. You had to go up there and you had to turn it. And I mean, no, you, had to, you, were, you were trying to find that channel. He's like, you're moving it all over. And as soon as he found it, he'd be like, stop. And then I don't know about y'all in our house. I had to hold it. Like, dad, do I get to watch? It's like, 
No, you don't. You got to hold it. You got to hold it. Now, how many of you put some aluminum foil on that sucker? To get... Come on, somebody. Yeah. Everybody that's under the age of 30 has no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> aluminum foil days. Yeah. Oh, I, I, we actually, at our house about, probably about nine years ago, uh, we had direct TV for a long time and I just got rid of it. I was tired of paying ridiculous amounts of money for TV. I don't watch it that much anyway. So we got an actual antenna. Um, it wasn't the rabbit ears, it was one that actually uh, I, I put in our attic. And so this is no lie, and it still even happens today, 2018, it actually happened a while back. I, I, there will be times where my, my antenna in my attic kind of gets moved and there's just different frequencies that happen. And so we'll be watching, you know, Channel 10 or whatever, and it'll start kind of like cutting out and I'm like, oh no. So I gotta go, I gotta go get into my hot attic and then, and then I've gotta go and I gotta move and I'm like, is that good? That good. And thankfully, now I have three boys. So I got one station below me, one station in the hallway, one watching the TV. We good. No, Dad, turn it. We good. So that actually still happens at my house even now. Um, and, and so that, that was those days of just trying to tune in. But how many of you also remember, those that are a little bit more seasoned, maybe in your car, when you had an actual radio that you actually had to tune in? How many remember the tuning in radios? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nowadays, it's just like, seek, and it goes right to it. Those days, it was like, y'all remember, how many remember those days right there? So I, I remember one of the things my grandmother had was the emergency transistor radios. Now, how do you remember those days? Emergency transit. This was back before. So if there was like a hurricane or a tornado, like this was your way to get information as to what was going on. You're like, well, why didn't they call? They didn't have cell phones, okay? Now, nowadays, if there's something, everybody's phone goes beep, beep. Everybody's looking down. That wasn't the way before. Before, emergency broadcasting system and all that, they do that on TV. And then they would also have designated weather channels for you to know what was going on. And so I texted my grandmother this uh, week and I said, do you still have that emergency transistor radio? And she's like, I don't know. I'm going to have to go look for it. <laughs> I mean, you know, like you should know if you have one or not. But anyways, she, uh, she sent me back one. She's got a new kind of an updated model of one. Now, this one's really fancy, though, because the, and you, it's got solar power on the top. It's fancy. And the, but the best part of it is yeah, it's got a little crank. Yeah. I don't even need, I don't even need batteries. Just need these right here. This is it. And three kids. That's all you're doing. Hey, you're the cranker this time. So you just crank it, crank it. And then this is, this is a really cool thing. And so the way that it works, of course, let's see if I can, let's see if I can actually get it to get it to work here. I don't know if it might just be on a FM station. Let's see here. I remember this noise right here. Let's see. What? Yeah, buddy. Hold on. Wait. Getting out of tune here. I need an antenna. I need an antenna. This thing, the antenna broke on it. No wonder. But how do you remember how this thing, how these things work? And you, you would tune in. So this is hilarious. This is, this is real deal happened last night. So I get this. I, my mom bring this, brings this to me. She says, your grandmother says you need this, so we're, we're playing with it, and so I'm, I'm showing all three of my boys. They're like, what is that? I'm like, it's a radio. How does it work? This is no lie. This is totally when you know you're raising kids in a totally different era. 
And so I, I, you know, I'm turning it on and they're like, why is it all staticky like that? I'm like, you gotta, you gotta tune it, you gotta like tune it in. So we're going in and we're tuning it. And Judah, who is my, my music man, like he's always got my, he's always hacking my Spotify account. I can always know Judah's the one that's hacking it. He's always listening to it all the time. And so he, he tunes in, he finds a station, he's dancing in the, in the kitchen. And he goes, dad, I don't need internet for music. And so... Because in our car, when we travel, he never gets to listen to his music because we don't have internet in the vehicle. And so he's like, Dad, I'm going to take this with me. I'm like, son, we have a radio in the car. <laughs> but he has no clue. He's not, he doesn't know what that's like. But these, these were designed, this is a little bit, oh, man, it's even got a light. Come on, look at that. Fancy. You know, like, word of God speaks to us, but it's also a lamp into our feet. Come on, I can get my preach on with this thing. So how many know how this thing works? So, so the way a radio works is a radio is not actually transmitting anything. It's actually receiving. And at all times, there is something that is being transmitted constantly through the airways to this thing. But the ability to actually hear what's being transmitted, I have to have the ability to tune into it. And so this frequency series is all about us having the ability. How many know we serve a God who is always speaking? The reason we're not hearing it is not because we don't have a God that's not speaking, it's because we're not listening. And sometimes we treat God a lot like an emergency transistor radio, and it goes under the staircase when we need them, and we'll go to them and pull them out and try to get something from it when we need it, but during the rest of the time, we go listen to all the other stations that we want to listen to. Y'all with me here? And we will, we will fill our lives with a bunch of other stuff that makes us feel comfortable and convenient, but when it comes to an emergency, I got to hurry up and pull it out because I need to, God, I need you to tell me what to do. And the problem is, is that God's never called us to live that way. He's actually called us to be able to hear him every single day. You know that God wants to speak to you every single day? This is what God does. He, he, he is a speaking God. Think about this. Why would God give you and I the ability to communicate and then tell us, I, but I can't communicate with you? What? No, we serve a speaking God and he is communicating and he can communicate with you and I. And it's the difference, it's actually the difference between animals and humans. Now, uh, listen, I don't want you to come up after the service and be like, listen, my dog can talk. Okay, listen, you're crazy. Uh, maybe he can listen to you. Maybe he can do some commands. But as far as having a verbal conversation back and forth, this is what we have. As humans have this ability. I was actually reading, a, uh, I saw a thing on a documentary on uh, Discovery Channel it was a thing that they posted on Facebook about a guy that was in this room. He was like this soundproof room and he had headphones on and he was, he was a whale expert. And so for hours he was listening to, oh, for hours. So he comes out of this room listening to these whales for eight hours and they go, what are they saying? And he goes, they're lonely. And when I, when I watched that, I laughed so long because I was thinking, he's lonely. <laughs> he ain't married. I can tell you that. I promise you. <laughs> Listening to whales. It's the same like with dogs, too. I mean, come on. Dogs barking. Row, 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 row. And I mean, no, dogs really only bark at night. I was in a neighborhood where our dog, the dog that was next door to us only barked. He was good during the day. It was at night. Row, 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 row. Always barking. And so what do you do? Like as humans, you go out and you go, shut up. <laughs> Got babies sleeping in here. And never once has a dog been like, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> never. Right? 
The dog's, we don't know what that dog's saying. Probably help, 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 help. <laughs> but we were created in the image of God, which means that you and I have the ability to communicate to God, and God has the ability to communicate to us. And we see this all throughout Scripture. We're reading all throughout the Old Testament right now with some of the guys in our, in our one-year Bible reading plan, and, and it says, and God spoke to Moses. God spoke to Aaron. God spoke to his people, and he said, and then you go into the New Testament, and Jesus even said it. Let me show you a verse. Luke, in Luke, it says this. <clears throat> Actually, go back to Luke 8, if you can put that one up. This is what he says. He who has, what is this? Ears, Ears to hear. Let him what? Ears. Let him hear. Notice he doesn't say, let him who has a mouth to speak, let him speak. He says, let, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because here's, here's the thing that I think God knows. God knows we have mouths and God knows we're going to speak, but he doesn't tell us to speak because he knows we're always going to be talking. He's got to tell us, though, we need to shut up and listen. Because how many of you know God, is, God wants to say something to you? God wants to talk to you. He want, he, he, this is his desire. And so I don't believe God has a speaking problem. I believe the church has a hearing problem. God is always speaking, just like this radio frequency. There's always a transmission that's going out. And so my, here's, here's my prayer for this series. My prayer for this series is, is, yes, prayer is a part of us communicating to God, but we've turned prayer into just telling God all that we want. But how many know prayer is dialogue, meaning that we say things to God, but then we listen and let God say things to us. So I'm, I'm more focused in this series of us not just trying to say things to God, but getting us into a position where we can hear from God. Because how many you know, more than anything, you don't need to hear me. You need to hear God. You need to hear the Lord. And God uses people, by the way. He does. We'll talk about that in the weeks to come. But you need to hear God yourself. And so uh, I want us to actually look that that verse, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you, if you rewind, so let's rewind a couple verses that leads up to this verse. So let's go back to Luke chapter 8, now looking in verse 5. So that was verse 8. Let's look at verse 5. And Jesus is going to give a parable. And I think this parable really speaks to us about how do we hear God's voice. This is what he says. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the what? Everybody say this. The path. And it was trampled on. And the birds ate it up. Then some fell, so, so you got the path, and then some fell on, everybody say this, rocky ground. And, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Now watch the next one. And then other seeds fell among the thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. And still other seeds fell on, okay, so here's our fourth one, good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, now here we go, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So I think what Jesus was actually doing was he was showing us four different types of soils. This is what he says. He says that a farmer goes out and sows seed. There's four different types of soil. There's only one soil that really produces a harvest and a crop. The other three doesn't produce anything. And I think the same way is when we hear from God. There, there are, I, I believe, four different categories of maybe why we're not hearing God. And so today, I, I wanted to really just get us into a place where we could be prepared to hear God. We're not even really going to talk about what God's saying or how he's saying it. We just want to get into a place that I just want to hear him. And how do I position myself? How do I tune in 
to his frequency. So if, you, uh, if, if you're taking some notes, let's, let's go through this. And I love what Jesus does in this parable because he shares this parable and a lot of times he would share parables and then not explain them. He'd just say things. Kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Like, okay, sounds good. What else? What do you mean by that? And he wouldn't explain it. But in this parable, he actually explains it. So if you keep reading in the verse, go to verse 11 now. He says, here's the meaning of this parable, guys. The seed is the what? What is it? It's the word of God. So God is speaking to us. He uses his spirit, but he also uses the word. The, the Bible is God's word. He uses his word. It is seed in our life. And those along the path are the ones who hear. And then watch this. And then the devil comes and he takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this first one down. This is the polluted heart. The polluted heart. That God is trying to speak to us, but our hearts are so polluted we can't hear or receive anything. He, he uses it as, as a description of a path. He's sowing seeds on a path. It, it would be like if I was to take a bunch of packs of seeds right now and I just threw them boom, all over the stage and all over you guys. If you came back in a year... Would we have any fruit, any crops? Yes or no? No, because no, it's just a stage and carpet. There's no soil. There's nothing there for that to grow in. And the same is for us when we have pollution that's within our hearts. There's things that are there. God can't speak. He can't do anything because our heart is so overcrowded with other things. It's so hard from different things that are going on. And so let me just say this. Sin will do that, but we all sin. So we'd be like, well, then we're all, none of us can hear God. There's a difference. There's, there's just, there's sin where we make a mistake, we do something we shouldn't do. That's one thing. But then there's, there's other thing. And so I want to show you two things that will definitely pollute your heart. Ready? Here, write the first one down. Is unrepentant sin. There's a difference between sin and unrepentant sin. Sin is I messed up. Man, I, I, man, I feel sorry for it. I shouldn't have done that. Unrepentant sin is I messed up. I'm doing what I want to do, and I don't care. I know this is what the Bible says, but I'm going to do whatever I want to do anyways. I am my own God. That is unrepentant sin. And when we have that in our lives, God can't speak to us because we're our own God. Y'all with me here? We've, and we've probably all been there at times in our lives where we said, God, I got this. And you know what God does? Okay. All right. It's like when my boys, when, when, they, when there's something that... that that I asked them to do, and I know they can't do it, and I asked them to do it so that I can teach them how to do it, but they go, Dad, I got that. I can do it. And so I go let them do it, and I could at any time step in and say, hey, son, here, let me show you how to do this. But because of their pride and ego, they don't want Dad to show them. And so after about an hour of frustration, they come to, Dad, how do you do that? Well, good. I'm glad you finally asked. I could have showed you an hour ago. That is what this is right here. God can help us. God could show us. But he allows us to be our own gods until you get sick and tired of being your own God. And how many know it's not going too well for you anyways if you are your own God? So unrepentant sin will do that. And then number two is people will pollute your heart. How many know that one of the greatest things that will pollute your heart is unforgiveness? That when you have an issue with somebody else, whether it's your spouse or a coworker or a boss or a family member or a neighbor, that it's so much more than just an issue with them. 
And now if you don't get that resolved, it now becomes an issue between you and God. Because think about the Lord's prayer that we pray. Our Father in heart in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Whoa, whoa, hold up. As we forgive us. So this is what we're saying. God, I only want you to forgive me to the extent that I'm forgiving other people. Which tells me that God is not going to be able to extend forgiveness and begin to speak to you until you make that right. That's why you, all, you, all, you see all throughout the scriptures where the Bible says, well, when you go into church, before you go to give and before you go to worship, make sure that you get your stuff with your brother right. Make sure that you fix that broken relationship before you come into the church because anything that you give here in church, if that's wrong, I won't receive it. And so God's really, really, really adamant about people, us making these relationships good. And so people and unrepentant sin can definitely do this. James chapter one says, get rid of filth and evil in our lives and humbly accept, here we go, the message that God's speaking. And God has planted this in your hearts for it is strong enough to save your soul. Now, depending on what kind of background you came from and what kind of church you came from, this word that I'm about to use has often been used as a very negative, condemning word, but it is actually one of the most life-giving best words ever, and it's this word, repent. Now, how many of you grew up in a church when you heard that word, it was like, repent. <laughs> you are going to hell now if you do not. How many of you grew up around that? Yeah, okay. So when you heard that word, it was like, whoa. It pushed you actually usually further away from God. But the truth is, if you were to look into what the actual word repent means, it actually means to turn. Uh, they would actually use it in military terms. When a, when a military were marching, the guy would yell, repent, and then they would turn a 180 and go the exact opposite way. Repent is one of the most beautiful words that the Bible can ever have because it's turning from what we want to do to turning to what God wants to do. And so I just, I just wrote this down, if you, if you want to write this down. We can't, we can't begin a new life until we turn from the old one. You got to be willing to just give up the old one and say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm embracing the new one, which is, by the way, that's what this baptism was all about. It's people making a public declaration that my old life was not working. So I'm surrendering my life to God. I'm repenting. I'm turning to him and I'm allowing him to now be the Lord of my life. Luke chapter eight. Now he goes on and he says in verse 13, the rocky soil now represents those who hear the message with joy. Now watch this. They hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots aren't what? Their, their roots aren't very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. So this is, this is what he's saying. You go into church and you hear a message like you do every Sunday. And you're like, that's the best message I've ever heard. I know y'all say that every Sunday. Um, don't lie to me. And so, so you walk out. This is how they'll go. It, then you walk out. You hear a message, you walk out, and then because of hot winds, because of testing, because of hardships, you lose it. Everything that God just put inside of you, you lose. And how many know it's easy to follow God when everything's going good? But how many know it's a totally different ballgame to follow God when your marriage isn't doing good and you get fired? He's like, I believe God, he's my provider. And then you get fired and you're like, what am I going to do? And you just came from a service where you're like, Jesus, he's my provider. And then you find out you got fired on Monday. You're like, no! 
Why? You forgot the fact that God is your provider. How many believe God heals people? How many believe that God is a healer? How many have stressed out over physical sickness? You know why? You forgot that God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. There's some things of us just trusting God. You learn so much about your walk with the Lord when you go through testing. It's easy to say you're big and bold and strong. Get in a gym and actually lift some weights. Let's see what you got. We got to test it. And the way that God grows you is he tests you. He's not trying to tempt you to sin, but he's testing you because he's trying to pull out the best in you. So the, the, the word I want to give for this is the distracted heart. Number two, it's the distracted heart. The distracted heart. <laughs> uh, last month, I, I took my wife on a little mini weekend vacation for our 15-year anniversary, and we went to Hot Springs, Arkansas, which is beautiful, by the way. It's beautiful there. I'd never been there. And so uh, I don't know how you, how you remember. Yet again, more of our seasoned people in here would remember this. Before there was Siri and GPS and all that stuff, how many remember you actually had to have a, a map, paper map? How many remember? And you had to unfold that sucker, and you couldn't fold it back the same way that you unfolded it. Y'all remember that? So you just threw it in the back, and you're like, I'll get it later, you know? But thankfully now there's so much technology now, it's right there on your phone and you know, I have an iPhone and so Siri is talking to me, so I would Google a restaurant. And so this actually happened, I Google a restaurant, we find out, baby, you wanna go there? Yeah, let's go there. So I put it up on my, on my dashboard and Siri's now talking to me. She's telling me, go, you know, go two miles and you're gonna take a ride and 500 feet, you're gonna take a left. So that's been happening, happening for a little while. She's been giving me directions. And then Lindsay and I start into this conversation. So we start talking, you know, just deep conversation about life and our marriage and different things that are going on. About 15 minutes passes by and I think, where am I? And I look at Siri and I didn't realize I had turned down the volume because she was coming through the Bluetooth and she kept going, rerouting, 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 turn around now, turn around, turn around. I was like, oh my God. I was, I was way off course and I, I, I didn't take the detour on the highway and I just kept going straight. Now here's the deal. She was always talking, but I was distracted. Are y'all with me? And we often in our own lives can get the exact same way. And listen, you can even have distractions with good things. It wasn't bad things. It can be good things. I, can I tell you what one of the biggest, greatest distractions is this? Would anybody agree with that one right here? This is one of the biggest distractions. It's amazing when I go and sit down at, at lunch or go, have, uh, go at a restaurant with our family and I look across and I see an entire family not talking but looking at their phones. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is the epitome of distraction that we so long for relational connection that we'll look for it online when it's not sitting right beside us. And so we get distracted. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's even hard for me when it comes to hearing God's voice because um, I, my Bible plan is on this. So all of our guys that are going through it on version, I have to get on here to find what my Bible plan is. But I've actually, within the last month, gone to something. Now, listen, you might not know what this is, but it's a paper Bible. <laughs> you know, they created those. You have to actually turn a page and stuff. And so I've actually started doing that. I get my reading for the day, and then I go off, and I go and I read it. And then I'll bring my phone after and uh, go through different translations and, and different things like that. But I don't know about y'all. I just got to confess something. I have to confession's good for the soul, not for the reputation. But uh, I got to get it off my chest. And that is, I despise red dots on my phone. 
I am a red dot destroyer. If there's a text that shows a red dot, some of you, I've looked at some of your phones, you have like 600 messages on your mail. It gives me a panic attack as I look at it. I want to go delete your mail for you. I've deleted stuff for my wife constantly. She's like, why did you delete that? I don't know. It just bothered me. You shouldn't have had a red dot on there. It was a, like Facebook, any red dots, instant messages, in Twitter, any, anything. System update. You need a system update. It's 1130 at night. Oh, I got to do it. I got to do the system up. I can't spend time with Jesus when there's a red dot on here. I have to, anybody in here feel my pain? I, okay, all the OCD people in here. I saw, all of y'all, y'all all got red dots. Bring your phones to me this week. I'll get you all cleared, okay? Get your life uncluttered. So I, I despise red dots, but can I tell you the greatest thing, and you might want to write this down. This might be the greatest part of my message. This may help you. The greatest thing I did about six months ago is I turned off every single notification on my phone. Amen. Facebook does not notify me anymore. Messenger doesn't notify me anymore. Twitter doesn't notify me anymore. My mail doesn't even notify me anymore. I have to go into my mail and sync it to get my mail. I have nothing notifies me anymore because I noticed I lived for the ding. And I would be fully concentrated on something at work or in my Bible reading and I'd hear, and I'm like, I've got to say one of those. Come on, isn't it true? And they say it's actually a mechanical thing in your brain. You can go and read all the scientific research on this. I gotta, I gotta move on. But anyways, this may help you. Go turn it all off. Because here's what I learned. You, to hear God's voice, you've gotta turn the world's volume down. And if Fox News and ABC News and Facebook and everything is constantly vying for your attention, you will give it there. And you should be giving it to God and we can get so distracted oftentimes. And I'm going to tell you, all of hell is trying to keep you from spending time with God. All of hell is trying to keep you from it. Look what, look what Luke, Luke chapter 8, I have got to hurry. Luke, actually, Luke chapter 10, this is two stories. It says, she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was, what was she doing? She was, she was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and busy trying to deal with all these red dots. Look what, she, she, is, she was distracted with much serving. She was distracted with much serving. As a guy who's been a pastor now for 17 years at this church, can I tell you one thing that, that I've got to admit in my own life, and then I've seen it in so many other people, is that I can get so busy doing things for God that I actually don't spend time with God. That I feel like the greatest thing that I can give to our church is just to get things done when the truth is, the greatest thing I can give our church is to be in God's presence to get God's word so I can bring it to you. Are y'all with me? And you can do it too, by the way. That you can come and even serve in this house and give. But here's the deal. When you keep serving and keep serving and keep serving and you don't allow God to refill and refresh and speak to you, you'll eventually start serving out of yourself. And then instead of people being a blessing, they become a drain. And the reason people get burnt out and the reason why... 50% of pastors won't make it out of the first 10 years. Think how tragic that is. 50% of pastors won't make it out of the first 10 years. 9% of pastors will end in ministry. 9%. You know why that is? Because they got so focused on doing things for God that they actually stopped spending time with God. And may we never be a church 
that we're so busy doing things even for God, good things, that we forget to actually be with the God of those things. Y'all with me? And so we, we, we want to we spend time with him. I've said this a number of times, and I'll say it over and over again. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. He'll make you busy. Hey, where you been? I haven't seen you in church. Oh, man, we're just busy, man. Just work and just stuff, just going on. Just, man, just got a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, you know what? The devil's main objective is not for you to worship him. It's just so you don't worship God. So he will put things in your life that are good things, but they become God things because they replace him. Listen, I, I know about work. I know there's seasons where you've got to work and you've got to, you've got to provide for your family and there is no condemnation for those things at all. I know there's seasons where you can be here, you can't be here, but just, I'll just outside of church, just your connection with the God, have you noticed that when you're busy, you don't connect with God as much? I don't know about y'all, I have. We're in a busy season. I tell God, God, you know I'm busy. Like, like that's a pass. Like, God, I'm dealing with, these are your people. I'm trying to deal with your people. I mean, give me some grace here. And God's like, well, if you would just spend time with me, I'll tell you how to deal with those people. So God is doing this. Hey, listen, and you got your people. Like, you're like, God, I can't stand these kids. These are your kids. I'm about to send them back to you. <laughs> and God's like, if you just spend time with me, I'll tell you how to discipline them. I'll tell you how to, how to, how to steer their heart back to me. I'll tell you how to lead them. Hey, your issue with your marriage? Yeah, come spend time with me. I'll tell you how to be a wife that gets the respect of your husband. I'll tell you how to be a husband who speaks honor over his wife. I'll, I'll tell you those things. Just come, come, come to me. Y'all see how important this is? We gotta, get, we gotta get from him. All right, so Luke 8, 14 says this, and the seed that fell among weeds stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. They don't mature. This is number three, the immature heart. I'm gonna know the one thing that you don't have to grow is weeds. You don't have to grow them. This week I did some lawn work. I love lawn work. I tap into my Mexican side every time I go and do some lawn work. Uh, my, my yard looks pristine. Um, and, and I noticed all my flower beds had weeds and I had a weed eater. And I went and I ate up some weeds. The problem with that is I just cut them all off. I didn't dig them up. So you know what's about to happen? In about a month I'm gonna have to do it again. And so God is telling us, listen, I want you to mature in this. Let's take out some, let's not, let's not just keep coming back to God and going, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry again. God's like, hey, how about we just pull that out and you don't have to do it again? Y'all with me? And so this is, this is the area that God wants us to teach us. He wants us to learn about maturity. You have the ability to talk. Listen, when I have conversations with my wife late at night, it's sophisticated and intelligent and deep heart talks we're sharing with one another. And then when I have conversations with my two-year-old nephew, it's like, hey, Landry, hey, boo-boo, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here, man, come to your Uncle Josh, come here, baby. Listen, I have that with him, but I don't have that kind of conversation with Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay, hey, boo-boo, come here, come here. Well, I do sometimes. That's, anyways, that's, y'all stay out of my business, okay? That's my... <laughs> She's been gone all weekend, by the way. So, okay, so, um, so this is because you've got to teach children how to talk. There's a certain line of communication I have with my wife, and then there's a certain type of communication I have with my two-year-old nephew, and they're different. 
Could it be that God wants to speak more to you and actually take you to a deeper level, but the reason he can't is because you're still like a two-year-old in your faith and that's all he can tell you. And God's calling you to grow up, to grow up, to grow in your faith, to take these steps. Hebrews 12, this is how we grow, by the way. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. And we must run the race that lies ahead of us and never gives up. We must focus on Jesus. You can't mature on your own. You need people in your life. And all these people that you see or that got baptized today and all these people that have these freedom shirts on, they will tell you personally themselves that they are where they are today because of we. It's not because of me. I'm not that good. I know how to screw up my life by myself. I can do that well. But when it comes to growing in faith, when it comes to growing in my relationships, when it comes to growing in my marriage, I need we. We's always better than me. We are better together. So that's why I encourage you all the time, if you are here and you're, you're showing up, and, and listen, this is your first time, show up and just, you don't have to do anything. There's no pressure on you. But if you've been coming for months and months and months and months and you're just showing up and leaving and not getting plugged in, you're immature. That's what the Bible would say. That God wants you to get planted in God's house so that, Psalm says, you can flourish that you get connected and you get plugged in. Say, man, get me somewhere because listen, we're better together. And let me give you number four and we're done. Is the prepared heart. This is the one that we all desire, that God would prepare us. Luke 8, 15 says, when the seed of good soil stands for those who, with a noble and good heart, they hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. Let me show you, I'll give you quick, three quick ways you have a prepared heart. Number one, repent. You just turn. Turn back to him. This isn't bad, this is just turning. God, I've been going this way, I'm gonna turn. We, we uh, refocus. Get your eyes off of yourself, get your eyes on Jesus. A lot of your problems that you're facing in your life is because your eyes are all on you. And when you magnify your problems, guess what you get more of? Your problems. If you'd get your eyes off of your problems and roll them up and say, God, your word says, I look to the hills for where you are because that's where my help comes from. So God, I'm gonna focus on you this morning. Before I get on Facebook, before I get to get all my kids ready for school, before I do all this craziness, God, I just, I wanna spend just a couple minutes with you. I wanna refocus on you. And then last is revive. That's our desire. We just, we, God, do a revival in our heart. Revive us from the inside out. I want to read this last verse and then we're, we're done. Proverbs 3, 6, it's in the message translation. I would encourage you to write this down and put this somewhere, maybe in your car or somewhere where you're going to see this often. Listen for God's voice. Why? Because he's speaking. Now watch how he's speaking. In everything you do, he's speaking. Everywhere you go, he's speaking. And he's the one who's going to keep you on track. Could it be, just like me in Hot Springs, the reason I detoured and took the wrong exit is because I just wasn't focused on the voice that was telling me where I needed to go. 
Hey, listen, the pressure is off of you to try to clean yourself up. You're not good at it anyways. God does that way better than you and I. Here's, the, here's what God calls us to do. Just listen to me. Just turn to me. Listen to me. I'll tell you what to do. Because this, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go, you're going to say something stupid, and then the Holy Spirit's going to go, you shouldn't have said that. And you're like, shut up. I wanted to say that. And he's like, if you want to make this right, go apologize. And you're like, she deserved that. It's like, I know she did, but you need to go. And then you, you have a chance to either respond to that voice or you can suppress it. I'm challenging you to create an atmosphere in your home, maybe in your car. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It could be at night. It could be during a lunch break. It could be in your car. God only speaks in Honda Accords, but that's just where he's at. Anyways, I'm joking. Don't laugh at that. That's terrible. Um, it can be wherever. But how many know God wants to speak to you? Would you bow your heads in this place? God, I pray right now, Lord, for every person that's in this room, Lord, that you would, that you would speak. God, we know you're speaking, but now we're asking, Lord, that you would help us to hear. If, if we have polluted hearts, immature hearts, distracted hearts, God, today, would you, would you right now, in this moment, speak to them about the areas that they need to deal with. And God, we can't keep making excuses. We got to make some changes. So today, God, we, we commit to making some changes. We want to hear from you. If you're here in this room, one of the first ways we get right with God and we really get to hear his voice is the Bible would say we get born again, which is just that we surrender our life to him. God speaks to his children and you are a child of God. But God is calling you home. And as we said earlier, he's not calling you by your sin. And yet he knows it. He's calling you by your name because he loves you. If you're here in this place, you know, man, I, I want to have a relationship with God like that. I want to surrender my heart to him. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hand up. This is the moment between you and God. One, two, three. If that's you, shoot your hand up all over the place, all over the place. One, two, three, four, five. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Come on, if that's you, anybody else, you can put your hand down if you already raised it. Come on. Now, would you just pray this with me? Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and living the life I couldn't live. You died the death that I deserve to die. You took my shame, my sin, and my guilt on the cross. You prepared a place for me in heaven. And all you ask of me is to turn to you. So today, I surrender my life. Be my Lord and my Savior from this moment forward. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...